championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live postgame show slash podcast. If you listen to the, spot, the podcast version of this over the weekend. But the Lakers, uh, they got blown out by the Minnesota Timberwolves. And even worse, they lost Anthony Davis to an injury. So far, I was just checking up to see what the postgame interviews were revealing. LeBron James saying uh, when he was asked what what he knows about AD, said they asked Anthony Davis how he's doing, and all Anthony Davis said was that they'll know more tomorrow, which doesn't sound that great. Don't want to jump to conclusions or anything like that, but again, doesn't sound that great. We did see Anthony Davis struggle to even get back to the locker room, kind of collapsed in the tunnel. Looked like that knee is really bothering him. Uh, Jaden McDaniels fell into him. You can say LeBron gave, him, gave McDaniels a little bit of a push, Sure, Anthony Davis, though, as soon as that knee injury hit, that pretty much, that essentially, that was the end of the game. As soon as Anthony Davis got hurt, the game no longer mattered. That was it um, from the Lakers' perspective. Anyway, the game was over in that moment. Uh, all concerns go to Anthony Davis. Hopefully, we get some good news tomorrow. Um, there's going to be more of an examination done tomorrow. For the moment, the Lakers are calling it a contusion, a knee contusion, because they don't know what else is going on inside that knee there's going to be an mri done tomorrow uh in chicago and then we'll find out a little bit more about what's going on with anthony davis but again ad just saying well we'll know tomorrow that doesn't you would have hoped that he would have said no i'm i'm, I'm gonna be okay or something like that but that's not what he said apparently when lebron asked him how he was doing so not a great sign Fingers crossed. We'll, again, await more word tomorrow on Anthony Davis. Uh, but there was a basketball game played tonight. It uh, it was not pretty for the from the Lakers' perspective, and I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat that are not too happy with it. Uh, look, the Lakers lost 110-92. to LeBron James, 18 points, 10 boards, 5 assists. The team was actually led in scoring by Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. First game on a 10-day contract, and the team's led by Isaiah Thomas, 19 points, for him, scoring Russell Westbrook had 14 and three assists. But the Wolves just bullied the Lakers. Completely bullied the Lakers in this one. You had Carl Anthony Towns, 28 points, 10 boards, four assists, three blocks, 11 to 20 shooting. D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell put up 17 with six assists and three steals. 17 out of uh, Beasley with three threes as well. Only three for 13 shooting for three. But the Wolves, here's, here's the, the biggest thing of the game. Right? If we're talking about just what indicates what this game looked like, if we looked at one stat, what, what is the most revealing one? 15 to 1 in offensive rebounds. 15 offensive rebounds for the Wolves. 8 for Jared Vanderbilt alone. 1 offensive rebound for the Lakers. And the Lakers shot 38% from the field and 28% from 3. That means there's a lot of offensive rebounds available. And they did not get them at all they got crushed on the glass and that's something that we'll be talking about for a bit here let me get into some of your questions and comments i know a lot of people are probably pretty frustrated with this game certainly concerned about anthony davis i'm seeing people who are frustrated with anthony davis we'll talk a bit about all that stuff so let me get into your questions and comments and see what's going on here what your thoughts are a lot of people saying trade ad not happening even if the like, and they don't want to, but even if they wanted to, he's hurt. Like everybody right now is waiting for, I think it's funny that the knee jerk reaction, as soon as a player has something that's not going well, they're not playing well. Russell Westbrook's not playing well at the beginning of the season. The knee jerk reaction is trade him. What makes you think fans or teams around the NBA are looking and seeing, oh, that guy's really struggling. Let's trade for him. That's not, that's not a thing. So Anthony Davis uh, hurt. Teams aren't going to trade for him right now. We don't know what the injury is. Uh, so that's that's not an option. Their knee-jerk reaction of, oh, trade this guy for some. I saw some people that were that were putting out messages, messaging me on Twitter saying, can we trade Anthony Davis for Carl Anthony Towns? Why would the Wolves do that based on what, what we saw in this game tonight? So it's that's not what they're going to do right now. It needs to be fingers crossed for Anthony Davis. Hopefully he is okay. I'll tell you what, Anthony Davis... He got beat up. He got bullied by Carl Anthony Towns in the first half. Towns took him directly into the post and scored right over him, treated him like uh, a high school player would treat a junior high player, right? 
just completely bullied, demolished Anthony Davis. But I will say, in the second half, and it was frustrating watching that. You kept saying, Anthony Davis, fight back, man. Fight back. Where is the fire? And you could ask that from a lot of the Lakers team tonight. But I will say, AD did it in the second half. When he came back out, you saw him standing up to Cat, getting stops, stopping him a couple of times on the perimeter, made some nice plays defensively, and then the injury happened. So right when we started to feel like, all right, Anthony Davis, there it is. That's what we were waiting to see. Then boom, the unfortunate injury happened, which, by the way, if you go back and look at that injury, I know a lot of people are going to be quick to point at... Um, Oh, I just missed a super chat. Somebody was saying uh, it feels like the 2020-2021 season all over again. Uh, yeah, in terms of injuries and things like that, obviously about half the team right now in health and safety protocols. That's another thing that we have to talk about. Uh, the team has been a bit snake bit in terms of all the, the other things, players being available. It's been a rough season in, in that regard. But if you watch the play where Anthony Davis got hurt, uh, you saw McDaniels actually pushed down two hands, just pushed Kent Bazemore to the ground, right in front of the referee, and the referee just looked at it and didn't do anything. So then LeBron pushed off on McDaniels and got called for the foul. When McDaniels just seconds before just two-hand shove Bazemore straight into the ground, and the referee didn't do anything. So then LeBron pushes back, he gets called for it, and unfortunately McDaniels then takes a little extra stumble and falls into Anthony Davis's knee. That's the way that went down. Again, that whole play doesn't happen. I don't think LeBron attempts that push-off if he didn't just watch a seconds before McDaniels push Bazemore straight into the ground and the referee just fall asleep, just didn't call anything. Um, so it was a, a weird play. Now, I'm not, that's not an excuse for LeBron pushing him. Shouldn't have, obviously, based on what happened. Wish you could go back and certainly undo that. But it was a weird moment and one that certainly could have been preventable if the referee hadn't just fallen asleep. I mean, he was right in front of him and he pushed him to the ground and nothing. Uh, Shane Bastian from YouTube, the super chat said, Trevor is the time to shut LeBron down and focus on next year. We don't need any more injuries. No, no. LeBron's 37 years old. You shut him down for what? You're not shutting him down for next year or anything like that. Look, hopefully Anthony Davis winds up being okay. Um, somebody said Al Coro from YouTube based on Lakers access Sportsnet, AD will get his MRI in Chicago. Yeah, we knew that uh, right after the game. They said that's actually it was right before the game ended. They uh, the Lakers announced that it was going to be done in Chicago. He was going to get his his MRI there. So we'll find out a little bit more about him. But again, this is uh, unfortunate for the Lakers. Anthony Davis, again, it looked like he had just started to pick it up. Uh, I was excited to see what we were going to get out of Anthony Davis the rest of the game. And then, unfortunately, you get a player falling into his knee. It does remind me a little bit of what happened with Andrew Bynum. Uh, we saw back in the day where somebody landed and fell into his knee, and then he was out for quite a while. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's not the case here with um, Anthony Davis. Um, I, I will say that in this game, I'm checking out another super chat here. Somebody said most big guys have injury problems. Uh, not necessarily true. It's not just all big guys. Uh, Swish Freak from YouTube said, you guys got to realize that there are going to be bad nights for each team. It doesn't mean that the team is bad. We just didn't have enough shooters and bigs, especially after AD got injured. Yeah, I mean, look, there was a point where the Lakers had on the floor together, Russell Westbrook, Rajon Rondo, and Isaiah Thomas. And then Carmelo Anthony was on the floor as well. That was the lineup. And that's not because Vogel's this horrible coach when it comes to lineups and things like, look, you can criticize Vogel for lineups. That's fine this season. There've been some questionable rotations, but they don't have players. They don't have, they, they've got, what is it now? Like six guys in health and safety protocols, Austin Reeves, Taylor Horton Tucker, Malik Monk, on and on. And on. They've got all these players that are sitting in health and safety protocols right now. Uh, Avery Bradley, THT. And so a lot of their rotation guys are just out. They just, they, they're not there to call upon at the moment. And so you wound up with some bizarre lineups. And then especially once Anthony Davis got hurt, you really didn't have much else to turn to. So we saw some weird rotations from the Lakers. But again, that's just, they didn't have the players. I mean, we saw we saw Shondi Brown get minutes in the first quarter. That's how thin the Lakers roster is right now.
All right, let me see what else we've got here. Uh, Steve Wise said, uh, no more excuses. Look how well former Lakers are playing. McLemore is playing threes. A lot of you guys are saying excuses, excuses, excuses. Guys, so because I brought up the fact that they didn't have, look, I'm bringing up the fact that they don't have a full rotation, a full roster. They're missing a lot of guys. Not as an excuse for why they lost the game, but as a reason for why they had so many funky lineups out there. There's a difference between those two things. For When we look at a lineup and we say, why are three point guards playing together at the same time? That shouldn't happen. Well, because there's not that many players available. So I think, and then this was my thought right after the game, I was thinking, how do we want to approach this game? I think there's a couple things. So. First and foremost, the context, the fact that they are missing all of these players, that matters. That matters when we're looking at rotations. That's where you would expect there to be mistakes because you've got guys who aren't used to being on the floor at the same time and guys who shouldn't be on the floor at the same time. So you had those two things happening in tonight's game, and that's where you would expect mistakes. And that's where you would also say, if they lose this game and maybe it's close or they lose this game and they show some fight, you're not as upset about it. I mean, a loss never feels good, but it's more understandable if things look a little bit clunky given the circumstances, right? So that's that's first and, first and foremost heading into this game. You kind of have to have that mindset, understand that not everything's going to look perfect. I'm not saying that things have looked great for the Lakers this season, but you would expect some extra bumps in the road just given the circumstances that they're in. However, where you can't use that as an excuse or as, as context or anything like that is the effort. Right, the effort that we saw. We saw a Timberwolves team. They came out there and played that game like this was their shot. Like this was the biggest game of their season, which ratings-wise probably was. This probably was their most watched game of the season, and they came out and played like it. The Lakers did not match that energy. They got a little run going in the third. Anthony Davis got hurt, and then things fell apart. In fact, I think they got to back within two or three, something like that in the third, and then AD got hurt. And that really messed everything up there. Um, okay. Uh, update here on Anthony Davis. According to Dave McMenamin, source familiar with Anthony Davis's knee tells ESPN, so far all is good in terms of structure, but they want to take another image to get a better look at it. So that's something to look at there. So again, the effort, that's something that you can't excuse. The Wolves flat out played harder than the Lakers did. Completely. And I don't care who's on the floor. Effort isn't something that that matters in terms of who's on the floor and who's not. Effort should be consistent throughout, right? And the Lakers got outworked. So if that's the, the concern, if that's what people are upset about, absolutely. Every right to be upset about that. The Lakers should not come out and play like that. They should not get outworked like that. They should not get demolished on the offensive glass the way they did, especially on some very simple things, just boxing out. And I think LeBron is actually a very big culprit in this one where he didn't play with very much energy. And we've talked about this a lot, that LeBron James, whatever he does, the rest of the team tends to do. So if LeBron's fired up and he's got energy, everybody else is up and they have energy. If LeBron is not, if LeBron's lethargic, everybody else is lethargic. That's just the way it is. That's what comes with being LeBron James. And so because of that, um, that's something that, I think you can't excuse. There's, again, no excuse for that based on who's on the court, who's not. The Lakers didn't play with effort. They didn't play with intensity. The Wolves came out from the opening tip. They were fired up. Carl Anthony Towns is screaming and yelling and everything. Notice how quiet he was when AD started really playing defense in the second half. Suddenly, you didn't hear from him anymore. And then AD got hurt and Towns starts yelling again. But the Lakers didn't match that energy. And we've seen that from this team for multiple times throughout the season. In fact, their last loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies had a ton of energy. And in my mind, the Lakers kind of made the conscious choice to, oh, no, no, thank you. We're not going to match that energy. And we saw that a little bit again tonight. So that's where, if you want to criticize this team, perfectly reasonable, absolutely deserving of criticism for the lack of energy, the lack of intensity, the lack of hustle, They've been through a lot. There's no question. They've been through a lot this week, even the last 24 hours. I mean, players in and out and then back in to health and safety protocols. That's not easy, but the guys who were on the floor did not compete hard tonight. Some did. There were a few, but for the most part, 
we did not see a Lakers team that stepped up to the level of intensity of their opponent. Plenty of room for criticism there. But again, tonight's probably not the night to criticize rotations and things like that because it was such a mess in terms of the players who were available. Uh, and a lot of people are critical of Anthony Davis too. Again, uh, Chris V said, AD is always hurt. He's soft mentally and physically. Cat eats him up every time. He's too soft to play the five. Go get Miles. At least Isaiah Thomas showed up. Yeah, we do need to talk more about Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, like I said, so Carl Anthony Towns was destroying Anthony Davis, destroying him um, for the entire first half. And it felt like right when AD, he finally started pushing back. We finally started to see some fight out of Anthony Davis and we were waiting for it. Waiting for where was it in the first half? You knew, you knew Towns was going to be fired up to play against Anthony Davis. And AD did not bring it in that first half at all. He really just wilted. And so absolutely can criticize him for that. The injury, dude fell in his leg, into his leg. I mean, I have a hard time looking at that and saying, that's just Anthony Davis being injury prone. It was just Kind of a fluke thing that happened. A guy just falls backwards into his knee. If it, that could have been anybody standing there and their knee would have done the same thing. That's not Anthony Davis. That's not, and AD's had injury issues, right? There's no denying that, but that's not because Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis that that play hurt him. Anybody standing there is getting hurt in that moment. Let's see what else we've got here. Somebody said, like I've always thought and said, Anthony Davis can't be playing center. So Anthony Davis, I think, can play center. The Lakers won a championship with him playing center. He's been defensively, he hasn't quite been what he was in 2020. And that's part of why it hasn't looked quite as good with him playing center. And part of that is because the other players around him aren't as good defensively, where he's got a lot more to erase on this team than he did on previous teams. Uh, defensively, and so that's part of it too. That's why he doesn't look quite as good defensively. The guys in front of him aren't as good defensively, but part of it too is he's just he has not been as effective as a defender this season. I wouldn't totally write off Anthony Davis at center. Again, first thing you got to get through is the injury, but um, I don't know if we can just say him at center doesn't work at this point. I think we've seen it work enough where it's something that you at least have to keep in the quiver, right? It's another arrow that you can pull out uh, if you want to run a big next to him, you can. And that's really the key for the Lakers is having the versatility to either play him at center or power forward. You don't have to be locked into any particular scheme. It all depends on the opponent. And that's where Frank Vogel really excelled in the playoffs a couple of seasons ago was mixing and matching things to meet the challenge presented by an individual opponent. We'll see if they'll be able to do that or not this year. Uh, Dizzy said... Uh, with some of our guys out with protocols, who are you looking for possible hardship exemption spots? So obviously Isaiah Thomas got one, got one and it was great. I thought Isaiah Thomas did a lot of really good things out there tonight. And in fact, when I saw Isaiah Thomas do the things that he did, there were some moments where I thought this is what the Lakers would have looked like with Kendrick Nunn all season in terms of having a guard who could get in that mid range, hit the little floater, things like that. Obviously very different players, but there were a lot of things that IT was doing that I went, that's kind of similar to what you were expecting to see out of Kendrick Nunn. So I thought it was great to see Isaiah Thomas back out there on the floor. I thought it was great that uh, that he's battled his way back here and he's getting this opportunity. I think tonight he didn't do anything to, to diminish his chance of sticking somewhere in the NBA long-term. I don't know if it's going to be with the Lakers because remember, in order for him to stick with the Lakers, he's got to uh, get a roster spot. He's only on a 10-day contract and the Lakers don't have any open roster spots right now. Now, hardship exemption, can they add somebody else? Yeah, so the NBA is actually trying to put in a rule, and they're going to uh, put in this idea that if you have one player out, you get, due to health and safety protocols, you can fill that spot with a hardship exemption. If you have multiple players out, two, three, four, you must sign somebody using the hardship exemption. What the NBA doesn't want to do is lose games. They don't want to lose games. They don't want to lose to... Um, they don't want to, to have to reschedule games because that's really complicated to do this year now that there's concerts and things like that that are scheduled in arenas. 
So the NBA is doing everything they can to make sure they don't have to go down that path where they're rescheduling games or losing games. And so they're actually going to force teams to sign players, whether it's out of the G League or wherever, to these 10-day hardship contracts. Now, Isaiah Thomas has got one. Who else could the Lakers look at? I mean, perhaps you look at some guys who are in the G League and you bring them up. James Ennis, unfortunately, already signed. I believe he went to the Nets. Um, so that would have been my guy to go after. But Daniel House uh, is getting waived by the Houston Rockets. We had heard that the Houston Rockets were looking to free up a roster spot for Garrison Matthews, who's been very, very good for them this season. And so they are waving Daniel House. That would be my pick now. Based on who's on the market, that's the guy I would go get. If you can sign somebody on a hardship exemption, bring him in. He's a 6-6 wing, can shoot okay from three. I'm not saying he's the answer to all their wing problems, but if you've got the opportunity, you've got another hardship exemption to use, which I believe the Lakers should, go get him. Go get him, bring him in, and see what you've got. Try him out for the next 10 days or so and find out. It's worth it, right? And then if you have, to, if you decide this is a guy we need to keep, you cross that bridge when you get to it and you figure out what you're going to do roster-wise. Maybe you like what you see and then you come up with a trade, like a two-for-one deal somewhere to free up a roster spot that way. There's other things you can do. But in my mind, if Daniel House is out there on the market, that's the guy you go get, assuming another team doesn't swoop in and offer him a full roster spot somewhere. And that's possible too. In that case, the Lakers might be out of luck, but that's the guy I would go get and give a, a hardship exemption to if they're able to, to do that right now. I think that would make a lot of sense for them. Let's take a quick break. You know, Sports Talk Radio can have a major influence on the lens that we view sports through and therefore can influence our betting decisions. If you miss the biggest sports headlines from the night before and wonder how that might impact this week's bets, you can relive the best in sports from the night before with BetMGM Tonight presented by BetMGM. MGM. BetMGM has a live show that does a great job of giving you the highlights from sports while providing a little bit of betting info as well. Just makes you more informed and more confident when you're placing your bets, and it is a lot of fun. It's engaging, it's polarizing, it's relevant. You can get caught up in the sports betting world with a heavy dose of entertainment. Host Quentin Mayo from NBC Sports Washington and Ryan Horvat from 1250 AM The Fan and Trista Crick are joined by on-site correspondents to bring you insider information in real time. Every detail matters when you're making bets. BetMGM Tonight dives deeper to help give you the edge. It's fun to bet on the game. It's even more fun when you've got the inside scoop. Tune in to BetMGM Tonight presented by BetMGM. Listen on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, Lords of the Sky said, Hi, Trevor. I'm trying to stay positive and all, but what would be the scenario going forward if we happen to lose AD for the rest of the season? So if you lose Anthony Davis for the rest of the season, obviously that's a massive negative. I do wonder if that then sparks the Lakers to go make a move. You know what I'm saying? Like when the Lakers lost Andrew Bynum, that pushed them to go and make the trade to get Pau Gasol. Now, I would love to think that even if they didn't lose Bynum, they would have made that trade to get Pau Gasol because that was a great trade. But that was what gave them kind of kind of lit the fire under them to really go make a trade. So what I wonder is, let's say that AD is done, okay, or he's out for a long time. Does that then give you the push? And remember, Taylor Horton Tucker can't be traded until January 15th. But does that then give you the reason to go and get like a Miles Turner? I do wonder because the Lakers have been connected to him for a few years now. He's popped up in Lakers trade rumors as a guy that they've been interested in. If you're without Anthony Davis, you've got a 37, LeBron's going to be 37 in a few weeks here, your old LeBron James. You don't want to just say, you, you can't just pull the plug, right? They don't have their draft pick this year. There's no reason to just say, oh, we'll just tank then or anything like that. Um, and it's not like they'd make up a ton of ground in the tank race anyway. Does that then push you to go make a trade to land a big to fill that role? I do wonder if that's the path the Lakers go down uh, to answer that question. Somebody here with a super chat said, Trev, can the Lakers pick up Jeremy Grant or Christian Wood? Another guy, another couple of guys that would be really good targets. Even if the Lakers don't lose Anthony Davis, right? These are guys that you have to check in on. You've got to, the talent level is so high with these guys. You've got to check, find out what the asking price is. See if these are guys that you could go pick up because they could give you a real boost. Now, if you do lose Anthony Davis, like Christian Wood would be another good guy. Miles Turner is another option. Christian Wood would be a great option to go check in on. See if you can get somebody who can come in and not replicate what Anthony Davis does, 
but give you another presence in the paint, and then you go from there. Again, I'm not saying that would make the Lakers favorites or anything like that or would boost the Lakers back into contender status. Losing Anthony Davis, the fact remains there's probably no way to actually replace him, but I'm saying you probably don't just pull the plug on the season. You try to figure something else out to give yourself a puncher's chance. By the way, guys, you notice that we're not doing uh, the the next man up. Well, we're not doing the 360 award because frankly, I thought LeBron was lethargic. Uh, I thought LeBron was was just not good. He did not put in the effort defensively tonight. He just he didn't have it uh, in this one. And I again, I think a lot of the Lakers fed off of that as they tend to do. Russell Westbrook was just okay. Anthony Davis got hurt. I didn't feel like any of them really stood out in this game. Uh, as far as the next man up goes. I think it's got to be Isaiah Thomas. I think Isaiah Thomas deserves the next man up award again. Led the team in scoring. Thought he was very good, fairly good. Kent Bazemore had some decent minutes out there. Also made some mistakes as well. But uh, IT to me was the standout. And again, very cool to see him back out there and finding success. Does look like he's got a little bit of burst back, which uh, is intriguing. He's definitely intriguing. I don't know if he's a guy who sticks with the Lakers long-term or not, but he did not hurt himself at all in this one. Uh, somebody from YouTube said, if you had to put your money on it, how long do you think AD will be out? I mean, the structure thing that we just heard is at least encouraging. If everything structurally turns out to be sound, maybe a few weeks, maybe if, I mean, I, I don't, I just, I don't know what the injury is. That's the problem. I don't know what the injury is. Um, the fact that he kind of collapsed in the tunnel, trying to put weight on it, that concerns me. I think best case scenario, we'd be talking a few weeks, maybe a month if it's like a, if it's a bad bruise. Uh, obviously, structurally, if there's something in there that's torn or something else that's bad, that's um, that would be a different story. Somebody said, IT look good. Keep him. Yeah, IT was good, but remember, you have to waive somebody in order to free up a spot for him. Somebody said with a super chat, Giannis hurt his knee in the playoffs and came back in a week and played the whole finals. AD is just soft. How do you know it's the same injury? There's so many different ways you can hurt your knee. Uh, Giannis, as I recall, was a hyperextension. We don't know that's what Anthony Davis is. We don't know exactly what this injury is. There are a lot of different knee injuries, and sometimes you don't know until you get imaging and you actually see what's going on in there. So I wouldn't just say, oh, this is just Anthony Davis being soft. Like, we don't know what the injury is. Yeah, there's no way to know that. Uh, Andrew Potts from YouTube said, I feel like when you play lackadaisical, like Anthony Davis has been doing, that puts you in a position to get hurt. Interesting. So we've talked about Anthony Davis as a player who crashes to the floor too much, right? Who hits the floor too many times and it's unnerving and unsettling given his injury history. But Andrew was saying that when he's not going hundred percent, when you see him more reserved, that actually makes him a higher risk for injury. Interesting idea. I don't feel like he was doing that when he got hurt. I don't feel like that was him playing lackadaisical or anything like that, but it's an interesting concept. Uh, Akuta Bavadas from YouTube said, I live in Minnesota and went to the game. Oh, that was a rough one to go to. I saw complacency, age, complaining, lack of energy, an old-looking LeBron, a feeble AD getting owned by Cat. Man, I feel like I totally wasted my money, to be honest. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. If I was a Lakers fan who went to that game and paid and paid money to go get that game, um, yeah, I would not, I would not be thrilled either. Cause you didn't really see much out of this Lakers team. And again, like I said, it would be understandable for things to be sloppy or for just there to be kind of a mess on both ends of the floor, just because their rotation is thrown all out of whack with so many players being out, but that doesn't make the lack of effort. Okay. That's where you, that's where you draw the line, right? It's understandable that the, there could be poor communication, that things might look bad on defense, that that maybe you would have guys, you know, closing out to the same player where like two guys close out to the same guy. Somebody misses a rotation, misses a cutter. Shondi Brown missed a cutter. LeBron James missed a ton of box outs. By the way, 
Jared Vanderbilt, eight offensive boards. Guess whose job it was to guard him? LeBron James on most plays. Now, occasionally they got switched and things like that, but LeBron did a terrible job putting a body on him. I would feel kind of bad too if I had paid money to go to, to that game. Let's see what else we've got here. Somebody said LeBron James looks tired. You know, let's let's talk about this. So I think sometimes when the Lakers have a bad game, in our minds, it erases everything good they had just done, right? Like we've seen LeBron look really good for a little bit now. Really turning up. He's killing people. He's looking fantastic. Uh, he's dunking the ball, doing all these things. The block that he had the other night where he was, what, like a full foot, foot and a half above the rim. Incredible stuff. And then a night like tonight, suddenly I've got a lot of people saying, oh, Anthony Davis is, or, or LeBron James is just, just doesn't have it anymore and all these sorts of things. Like we just totally forgot what you've seen for the last three, four games, five games, whatever it is out of LeBron James. Tonight was not a good night for him. There's no question, but I don't think it's a, it's a moment where you just create an, an absolute opinion of just, oh, that's it. LeBron's done. We just saw him be very effective for the last few games. Tonight, he did not look good. And plenty of room for criticism there. The effort wasn't there from him. It was not a good night for LeBron James. But again, this was, this was one game from him. We've seen much better over the last couple of weeks. To the point where you would say this game was probably the outlier compared to what we've seen previously from him. Uh, somebody said Bazemore did great for once. Yeah, you know what? I thought Bazemore actually brought a little bit of energy, particularly in the second half there. He was part of that run that they had, made a few defensive stops, hit some threes from the corner. Bazemore wasn't bad. We talked about this when he first was removed from the rotation, that he was going to have some opportunities to get back into the mix. At some point, something was going to happen, and Bazemore was going to be back in there. And I thought he made the most of his opportunity in this one. Um, it wasn't a perfect performance, but he was solid. That said, um, heard again. Uh, Austin Reeves was going to start this game. And once again, just like last time, Austin Reeves uh, was going to start the game that he hurt his hamstring and then could not start. Austin Reeves was going to start tonight. I would imagine he would have been starting in place of Bazemore. And then he pops up on health and safety protocols. So another tough blow for Reeves. Hopefully he's able to get off of that uh, health and safety protocol this soon, which by the way, this is this has been a challenge for me covering the Lakers because you've got so much happening here with these health and safety protocols. It's one day somebody's on it, the next day suddenly they're off and it's sounding like it was a false positive. And then with Malik Monk, he's on it and then he's off. And then, oh no, wait, just kidding. Now he's back on it, but he was allowed to travel with the team to Minnesota, but he can't play in the game. It's weird. It's weird the way all of this is happening. It's strange that you just can't really ever get a sense for whether or not a player is going to be truly available. And then if they're out, how long they're going to be out. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for sure. And I know it's left a lot of Lakers fans with their heads spinning, trying to figure out who's going to be in a game, who's not. Frank Vogel said it was a, it's was it been challenging for him too because it, it just is constantly shifting and changing. But that's just the world that we're living in right now. Uh, Sean Tate said, with AD's injury, we need Westbrook now. Absolutely. Absolutely, Sean. We This is where Russell Westbrook really has to step up. And unfortunately, Russ has already been asked to step up quite a bit during this season when LeBron James was out due to injury and uh, and then out due to suspension and things, things of that nature. And also due to a false positive. Russell Westbrook was out, asked to step up in that scenario. But you're right. This was part of the benefit of going and getting a third star. The idea behind it anyway was that if and when LeBron or Anthony Davis has to go out for whatever reason, whether it's injury, whether it's load management, whatever it is, you've got another guy that can raise their game to the next level and pick up the slack. Unfortunately, I don't think we've seen Westbrook do that, not to the, the, the degree that the Lakers need him to. And I'm not saying that Westbrook's been bad. I actually think over the last few weeks, he's been pretty good. This was a quiet night from him, and he's had a few stinkers in there too. But for the most part, we've seen a much better version of Russell Westbrook 
over the last probably what three weeks compared to the guy that we saw at the beginning of the season but it's still not quite the guy the Lakers need him to be in this type of scenario you need destroyer of worlds what Russell Westbrook to step up the guy that's just going to go drop 30 on somebody uh, and really make up for losing that other star still is going to have some opportunities to do that but again that was part of the selling point of this plan to bring in Westbrook was okay we're going to have a guy to turn to if and when LeBron or AD are out Westbrook's going to help carry us so far he hasn't been able to do that but you're right if Anthony Davis is out a lot of the pressure to pick things up while it is a team effort, in terms of really raising their game to another level, that's going to fall on Westbrook as well as Anthony or as well as LeBron James. Uh, any prediction on the Bulls game considering the present situation? All we know is is you know Demar Derozan is out of protocols, which is is great. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to know what's going to happen because we we have no idea who's going to be available. Maybe Austin Reeves tests out. Maybe Avery Bradley does. Like, like, we don't know. Maybe tomorrow we get more guys that are popping up on the health and safety protocol list. We don't know what's going to happen from here. And so that's why even trying to preview that game right now is really difficult because, number one, we don't know who's going to be there from the Lakers. We don't know who's going to be there for the Chicago Bulls either. They're a team that have been just hammered by health and safety protocols to the point where they've had their last two games postponed. The Sunday game against the Lakers was pushed back about five hours just to give them a little bit more time to get more testing in and hopefully get some more guys cleared to play. So predicting what's going to happen in that game with no real clear idea of who is going to be able to play is all but impossible. KT from YouTube, do you think we can trade Anthony Davis for Cat? Who would reject that trade, Lakers or Minnesota? Well, based on what we just saw, Minnesota, right? Right? Like, if let's say Rob Polinka called up the Wolves and said, hey, turns out AD's knee is totally fine. He's completely uh, he's completely healthy. We'll give him to you straight up for Carl Anthony Towns. I'm not even looking at the contracts right now or anything. Just pretend like it's possible. Did you see anything tonight that would cause the Wolves to say, yeah, we'll do that. Done deal. I didn't. Carl Anthony Towns bullied Anthony Davis for half a game. And then when AD was finally starting to fight back, he got hurt. Maybe if he hadn't gotten hurt, we would have seen AD turn in a good performance. I felt like things were starting to go his way. And he had a couple of really good defensive possessions against Towns where he stonewalled him. And that was great to see at the start of the second half. But then the injury hit. So if the Lakers were to call them up right now, and say, hey, AD straight up for Cat. The Wolves aren't taking that. Not right now. Not after what we just saw. So, that's where that's at. Uh, Wrestling Rocks from YouTube said, need a breakdown on this game. Just flat out unacceptable. You know what? I've actually got my guy Sean Davis working on that. In particular, he's going to be looking at the offensive boards. What's happening there? Because tonight was a very extreme example of a problem that has existed for much of the season for the Lakers in terms of, their box outs being an issue, them giving up offensive rebounds. The Wolves hammered them on the offensive glass. Again, 15 to one in offensive rebounds. That's that's the game. You can't win a game losing the offensive rebound battle 15 to one. I don't even care what turnovers looked like because percentages are almost insignificant when you lose the offensive boards that much because that's going to give your opponent so many more scoring opportunities. It's nearly impossible to win a game like that. So that's the big thing from this game that we got to look at. Why were the Lakers so bad on the offensive glass? So we will be doing a breakdown of that. Oh, we do need to get into the master lock of the night as well. So that's coming up. Tina G-Man said, I knew it would be bad when they turned the ball over in the first two, two possessions. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. I when that happened, I went, I hope that their, you know, their brains are in this one. And this isn't uh 
another game where they're not uh, they're not sharp. I've, oh, here's a, a cap question. Lauren Carlos Suba said from Facebook said, since Luol Deng is technically in our salary cap, just let him suit up so we can have an extra wing guy. Luol Deng hasn't played in quite a while. He has not played in a long time. So that's not going to happen. It can't even happen. He's on their books, but he's, he's not an active player or anything like that. They've already waived him. He's not on the team. So that can't actually happen. But I did want to mention that one just because He's actually off the books next July. So the countdown's on. In July, Luol Deng will finally be off the Lakers books. Somebody said Deng is still in the league. No, he's not. He's not. Somebody asking, will the Bulls be at full strength next game? We really don't know. We, we just don't know what that's going to look like just yet. We've heard DeMar DeRozan is out of, of the protocols, but that's that's about all we know right now. I've got a question from YouTube said, how concerning is it now for us? Mini tournament? The mini tournament idea isn't, isn't going to be happening this season. I know it's something that the, the NBA wants to put in in future seasons. They want to have a mid-season tournament. They're trying to figure out the what sort of a prize they can offer that would provide incentive for players to actually want to play in it and teams not just treat this as a break where they just play all their subs or something and tell their, their stars to rest up. So they're trying to come up with an incentive for this midseason tournament, but they do very much like the idea, kind of a soccer-style tournament midway through. Uh, that's what they would like to, like to put in. We'll see what that looks like if and when that does happen. Uh, how concerning is everything for the Lakers right now? I mean... If Anthony Davis is hurt, hurt, if he's out for a while, that's pretty concerning. I did feel like we've seen flashes from the Lakers recently where they've been turning things around to a degree, still not where they need to be by any means, but they've looked better. They look better. And tonight was not the case. Tonight, that was not the case. It was a, it was a step back. Sean Tate, how far can this team go in the playoffs? Really depends on what they look like come playoff time. Is there a move they make midseason to bring in somebody? Is Do they do something like that? Do they have the full roster available? Has the defense started to click? We've seen some nights where it does, some nights where it doesn't. Right now, I'll say things don't look great at the moment, right? In terms of the Lakers going deep into the playoffs because they've gotten some wins, but they still haven't looked as sharp as we need them to. They haven't looked as good as, as they frankly should be. So I wouldn't say right now there's a lot of confidence that they're going to make a deep playoff run, but we have a long time between now and the playoffs. So we kind of have to wait to see what they look like as we get closer to playoff time. But if they continue on the trajectory that they're on right now at this moment, they don't look like they're ready for a deep playoff run. Okay, Short of, you know, LeBron going nuclear for the entire playoff series or something like that happening. Mark Mark from YouTube said, Trevor, until when should the Lakers hold on to Anthony Davis or start to consider trading him? AD can't be at his best since he gets injured so easily. Well, remember, this is Clutch Sports client. He committed long-term to the Lakers. This isn't a guy that you're going to just say, you know what, it's not working out. We're going to go and trade Anthony Davis. This is a guy who's got a deep relationship with the club. The Lakers obviously working very well with Clutch Sports. You have to factor those things in as well. He's got a really big contract. He would have value out there on the market. But again, this would have to be a situation where Anthony Davis says to the Lakers, hey, I would like to go somewhere else in order for them realistically to, to start exploring the trade market for him. It's not like it's not like trading, say, like Dennis Schroeder last year, who was already kind of threatening to go somewhere else, and it was pretty clear he was going to be on his way out the door. So the Lakers start poking around the trade market for to try to find a deal for him. It's not like that. The relationship between the Lakers and Anthony Davis is on a completely different level. So trading AD is not at the top of the to-do list or anything like that. Again, it would take Anthony Davis telling the Lakers, I'd like to go somewhere in order for them to consider trading him or the Lakers to at least sit down with him and say, hey, we got this offer out here. What are your thoughts on this? That, that type of thing. If Anthony Davis doesn't want to be traded, I don't see him being traded at this point. Uh, 
Uh, Sean Percival from YouTube said, Daniel House got waived today. Can the Lakers pick him up? Yeah, he'd be the top of my list right now. He's a guy that you absolutely, if you get another hardship exemption to go use, which like I said, I believe the Lakers should, uh, you go get him. If he's willing to come on a 10-day contract, you go get him, try him out. You can use more wings and uh, and see how he does. I mean, right now they're hurting for they're hurting for healthy players right now. So if you can bring him in, and he's already a guy that you should at least have on your radar anyway, you might as well make that the silver lining of these health and safety protocols that have hit the Lakers so hard. You might as well bring him in and give him a look. Maybe you find something. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. But then worst case scenario, it's a 10-day contract. No big deal, right? So you might as well give it a shot. He would be the top of my list. He's the first guy I'm calling right now as soon as he clears waivers and is on the market. Francisco Perez, I heard the Nets are getting Kyrie back part-time. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like what they're going to do is the Nets have changed their mind and they are now going to allow him to play in only road games. So that means he's not going to be vaccinated, but uh, so he won't be able to play any of their home games, but he will be eligible to play road games. And because they've been hit so hard by health and safety protocols as well, that's what's caused the Nets to say, you know what? All right, fine. We'll deal with it. We need a healthy player. How can Isaiah join the Lakers? Wave a player. Uh, yeah, that's what they would have to do. They would have to wave somebody in order to open up a full-time roster spot for Isaiah Thomas to wave, uh, to wind up on the Lakers long-term. Chad Beard from YouTube with a super chat. Trevor, is the word around the league that if you just play hard and hustle, you can demoralize and beat the Lakers? You know, it's something where teams have definitely noticed that if you play with energy, there's nights where the Lakers will just say, okay, cool. And we're not going to, we're not going to run with you tonight and you'll get a W. If you just come out and play hard, the Lakers are a team that can fold, right? We saw that, especially early in the season where a team would come out and metaphorically punch the Lakers and the Lakers would not punch back. They would just go, okay, cool. You guys take this game. They'd back down, right? We've seen that from this team at various points throughout the season. I think that is out there a little bit. The biggest thing, though, about the Lakers is teams aren't nervous right now when they get down. If they get, if the Lakers are up 15, if the Lakers are up 20, teams are not folding against the Lakers. Teams are not, they're not getting demoralized against the Lakers because they've seen so many teams come back against them. You can kind of see, like in the body language, you can see other teams say, well, this team has let everybody else back in the game. They're going to do the same with us. All we have to do is keep playing and the Lakers will make enough mistakes to let us back into this game. That's the biggest thing I think that's been going around the league about the Lakers is that even if LA gets a big lead, they will let you back in it and you can still come back and win the game. So teams are not quitting. Teams are not waving the white flag because we've seen so many times where the Lakers have let teams back into it. All right, let's get to the master lock of the night. It's about that time here. So let's talk master lock of the night. A lot of different things that we could go to, and I'm sure some of them are going to be Anthony Davis related from some of you. But if you're coming in from YouTube, you're coming in from Facebook, you're coming in from Twitter, let me know what you think should get put in Chris the Masterpiece Masters finishing hold the master lock. Remember, a lot of, a lot of times after the Lakers lose, and particularly after a bad loss like this, we come in here, you guys get to vent a little bit if you're joining the live chats and everybody gets to hopefully at least let loose some of that frustration from the game. Now is your chance to take that one thing that you think should really be targeted, the one thing that was particularly annoying from this game and put it in the master lock. So let's see what we've got here. Master lock LeBron. Some people saying master lock LeBron. He's uh, He didn't put in the effort tonight. Master lock Patrick Beverly. He got that technical foul for taunting Rondo. Patrick Beverly is always an easy master lock. <laughs> Somebody said, seems like we went from jobs not finished to we'll finish the job another night. Yeah, that, that, that's uh, accurate. Master lock Carl Anthony Towns. Master lock Patrick Beverly. Master lock AD. Master like the Lakers energy. I think that's where I'm at. I think that's where I'm at. I don't look at this game as Anthony Davis got a bruise or something 
and then just said, oh, no, I'm out for the rest of the game. I can't do this. No, that was a legitimate injury. Um, you saw him trying to walk to the back. So I'm not going to master lock Anthony Davis for getting hurt. I don't think he was at fault there in any way. A guy landed on him, just fell into his knee. That's not it's not something that, that he caused there. You could master lock his lack of energy in the first half. Absolutely. Uh, the challenge was presented to him, and he shrunk from the challenge in the first half of that game. No question. That's what he did. I will say, though, that he looked a lot better at the start of the second half. Defensively made some great plays. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see if that was going to continue. But I think in general, I would just say master lock Anthony Davis for the effort that we saw in that first half. But LeBron was really bad tonight, too, in terms of the effort. So I'm just going to say master lock the effort in general. And I wish I wish this wasn't a thing that's come up so, so often this season. I wish this was such a more of a rare occurrence. But we just saw this, what was it, four games ago? against the Memphis Grizzlies, where Memphis came out with a lot of energy, and the Lakers said, no, thank you. Do not want to play at that level. Don't want to have to hustle like that. And they didn't, and Memphis won. Um, unfortunately, that's been a common theme. We've also seen games where the Lakers have brought it, but tonight they didn't. Tonight, the Wolves came out, fired up, and played like this was going to be their biggest game of the season, like it's been circled on their calendar all year. And maybe it has, because it probably was their, their highest viewed game of the season. And the Lakers did not match that energy or that intensity. And again, doesn't matter who's on the floor. You have to be able to match that energy level. So no excuse for that. So that's what's getting master locked to me. Uh, Scott Tomlinson said, how many losses in a row would it take for them to blow it up? And tr I'm assuming trade one of the big three. So there's nothing. There's there's no like, okay, they lose 20 games in a row. Do they finally trade somebody? Russell Westbrook, what we've heard is that the Lakers, at least internally, discussed trading him. Now, I believe this was before he started to play better. But internally, they, dis they discussed trading him. In particular, they talked about using him to try to get Ben Simmons. I mean, just about no matter what Russ was doing, if that trade was on the table, you have to consider it. Of course, the 76ers said, no, that's not a player we're interested in. So then it puts the Lakers in a spot where you would have to trade Russ to a third team, which would have to send stuff the 76ers wanted over to Philly, and then they would send Ben Simmons to the Lakers. Uh, very unrealistic. Probably not something, almost certainly not something that's going to happen. But at least it's somebody that would, they would consider in the absolute right deal moving. I think Anthony Davis and LeBron James... They're off the table. They're not trading them for anybody or anybody that they would even consider trading them for is not a player that's going to be traded. So I don't see that happening. I don't see the Lakers making a move uh, with any of the big three right now. I don't think that Russell Westbrook is necessarily tradable on his contract. I think no contract is untradable in the NBA. We've seen crazy stuff happen, but I'd say it's very unlikely that they move one of those big three. Trevor, if KCP, Harrell, and Kuzma were not traded for Westbrook, do you think the Lakers would have a better win-loss record right now? Uh, so if you just kept those players, or are we assuming they traded them for Buddy Heald? I, I think either way, maybe you could argue, yes, they would have a better win-loss record because Westbrook was so rough to start the season. But like, would the Lakers be better with Buddy Heald like, for all those games that LeBron was out than Westbrook? Probably not. I think overall, had they just kept the, if you just kept your entire roster from last season and you just, the players almost to a man, with the exception of just a few guys, at the end of last season, they said, run it back. Run it back. We think we've got a championship team, but we were hurt this year and that's why we didn't win. Run it back and give us another shot. And the Lakers instead blew it up. Blew it up. Only brought back three players. Obviously, LeBron and Anthony Davis were on board with that. If LeBron and AD went to the Lakers and said, don't trade anybody, bring everybody back, this team can win, this is the squad we're going to get done with, that team's probably back, right? But had they kept that team, I think they almost certainly have a better record than they do right now. Almost certainly. But that's not the, the path they went down. And there's reasons why. This isn't, Hindsight's 2020. This isn't, oh my gosh, the Lakers, they completely blew it. How could they be so dumb to have done these things? No, there were reasons why they did what they did. There was an appeal to it. It hasn't worked out, but it wasn't like this was a completely illogical thing that they did in making the moves that they made this last offseason. They haven't worked. And in hindsight, you could go back and say, oh, well, I wouldn't have done that. You could also go back and say, in hindsight, 
I wouldn't have made any changes from the championship team when they had JaVale and Dwight Howard and, and those guys in the mix, right? And obviously they've got Dwight back now. But again, hindsight's 2020. I think if they had last year's team right now, yes, they probably have more wins on their record at this moment than what this team does right now. All right, let's do one more. Let's do one more and then we'll we'll call it an evening here. Um somebody said Trevor, what do you think about trading AD for Sabonis and Turner? The Pacers are trading one of Sabonis or Turner because they aren't working as a combo. I mean, that's what's been proven over the last few years, that they don't work playing together. So why would you trade for both of them and play them together? Would it suddenly be different in LA? I mean, I guess maybe you could make that argument, but I don't think that makes a lot of sense to keep two guys who haven't worked well together together and trade for them at the same time. Somebody said, Trevor, what's your rating for Isaiah Thomas for today's game? I thought IT was good. I mean, I give him a, what, an A minus maybe if I had to give him a letter grade. I thought he got picked on defensively a couple of times, which is to be expected, but it's hard to really complain. I mean, he led the team in scoring, thought he looked pretty solid off the bench. No problems really. In fact, IT even used verticality. Did you guys see that? Somebody, I don't remember who it was, but they were attacking the basket at IT, all of five foot nine jumps up, hands up in the air, and he actually got the stop. Actually got the stop. And I can confirm, IT IT is one of the few NBA players that I have interviewed in person that I was not looking straight up at. He is a legit 5'9". It's not uh, It's not 5'9", and, uh, and, and they're trying to make him sound a little bigger than he is or, or something like that. He's actually 5'9". And, uh, and he made some, some decent plays out there, even on the defensive end of the floor. And then offensively, I thought he was pretty good. So good night for, for IT and uh, excited for him. He's been working so hard to try to get back into the NBA. I, uh, I hope that he's able to finish his career the way that he wants to and not go out because of uh, injury and not let that be the end of him. Oh, let's finish with this. Somebody said, at least we got one championship. It was worth it. Yeah, that's what... So I've seen people, especially non-Lakers fans, that are saying, oh man, now the Lakers are in trouble and all these all these things. And and I Anthony Davis really, really messed up the Lakers or, or LeBron is laughing at the Lakers or laughing all the way to the bank now or something. The Lakers won a championship. The trade for Anthony Davis was a massive success. I don't care what happens from here on out. It was a massive success. You've got a championship. You've got a championship hanging in the rafters at Staples Center right now. Soon to be Crypto.com Arena. It's a massive success for the Lakers. Everything else that happens from here, it's gravy. Would we like to see more out of Anthony Davis? Of course. Of course. We want to see Anthony Davis at superstar level. We'd like to see him be super durable and, and live up to the potential, the player that he could be. We want to see all of that. But you can't look back and say, oh, I wouldn't do that Anthony Davis trade. Every single team in the NBA would do that trade if they were told, if you do this trade, you will get one NBA championship. Every single team would do it in a heartbeat. Massive success for the Lakers. All right, guys. Appreciate you joining me. I know it was a tough night. Obviously, the Anthony Davis injury is frustrating. Uh, the overall play of the Lakers tonight was frustrating. Again, a lot of players out. But that didn't excuse the effort that we saw from them. Um, was not great in that regard. They do play again Sunday against the Bulls in Chicago. It's a tough schedule coming up for the Lakers. Uh, you've got some tough ones here. And then, of course, we've got the Nets coming up on Christmas Day uh, a week from tomorrow. So we'll see uh, tomorrow. We're going to be waiting to find out what happens with Anthony Davis, what the word is on his injury. And we'll go from there. And of course, we're also going to be keeping going to be keeping an eye on health and safety protocols, see who's available 
who is not because I don't think that's um, that's something that's going away soon. So I'm expecting more of a roller coaster in terms of the uh, the COVID news and all of that. Again, appreciate you all for joining me. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel if you're not doing so already. And don't forget, follow us over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See you and stay safe.